ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. For those of you listening to ESPN 1420 live on your desktop or mobile device via our mobile app and connected cars and on smart speakers, that is brought to you by Champagne's Mark on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Joining me now is a former Rage Cajun, a former Green Bay Packer. He is a uh, state trooper who is, I'll just say, man, you're looking jacked <laughs> with the tight Saint shirt. He's got his arms folded. I mean, you look like you could get back on the you. I, you're bigger now than when you were playing football, for sure. Is that just because you you put more mass on in this current line of work? And I mean, are, are can you move as fast as you used to? I haven't tried to be honest. <laughs> you haven't had to chase anyone. Anyway? Ain't had to chase a perp. Listen, it's a good chance I'm not chasing anyone. Not to say like I'm not trying to do my job, but you know, it's dangers that come with that. You know, how do I know where you run into? You might know the area. I don't know the area. You know, you've had to do it before, though, haven't you? Yeah, I haven't do it before, but you know, it's been a while. I wouldn't run from you. I'd just be like, <laughs> ESPN fourteen twenty. James Butler's in the house. Uh, we're hanging out. Love having James on. Talk some sports. He is uh, a New Orleans native. Grew up in New Orleans East, and has you know, he I, I, James has two schools of thought. I feel, and you can correct me. He has his objective, realist point of view as a former professional athlete and says, okay, here's what's going on here. And then he has that other fandom in him. Of course, fan is short for fanatic, where he'll look at something the Saints and Pels do and just, in my opinion at times, completely overreact, which I love, (laughs) by the way. He's like, Scott. Man, I heard somebody talking today that this was going to happen. Like, I, oh, I'm, I'm fed up. I'm like, all right, relax. You heard <laughs> someone saying something might happen in the future. You seem to be upset about it. But is that is that a fair assessment for me? That's very fair. <laughs> very fair. I'm, I'm emotionally invested into the Saints and Pelicans, man. It's, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I love it. Uh, and of course, your alma mater, the Rage of Cages. Oh, of course. We're um, 31 days away. From Louisiana at Texas. Yep. Future SEC member Texas, by right, the way. Right. Texas out of the Big 12, which last year, um, Iowa State was a good team in the Big 12, beat Texas last year. That was last year. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people chattering, hey, last year you all went in and they beat them. And that was last year. Um, I was doing some radio hits uh, as a guest on some stations in Austin this week. And I'm here to tell you, like, they're not looking – they're not like, well, tell us about this team in the Sun Belt. They're like, look, we think this team's going to be in the top 25, and Billy Napier's a big name out there. This Texas is working in a new quarterback, new staff. I think they, they, they all feel like it's going to be a close game. Nine-and-a-half point spread right now. Granted, we're a month out. How do you feel about the Cajuns' chances and being able to open a season on network television? I mean, they get, the game's going to be on Fox. That's huge. Um, I think they'll definitely have a chance to win. Um. You know, it's a game where they have to limit the mistakes, though. You know, because the thing about those big teams, their depth is incredible. And I don't know how the depth is with the with the Cajun teams, but I know typically with the Big 12, Big 10, SEC, you know, four-star guy comes out, another four-star guy comes in. You know, that's not the same case with the smaller schools. With that being said, I think Napier is a awesome coach. And I think he can coach us to victory. 
But to, what, what do you hear from some of the current players, staff that you know about Billy? Like, what what is it about him that maybe the common fan wouldn't know as a former football player that you hear that you're like, okay, that makes sense? Well, from watching him, because I traveled with the team, I think his second year to all the away games and worked on the sidelines. Yeah, they so, had to have a state trooper that's just tall and jacked. <laughs> so nobody goes after the coach. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so from watching him, he seems very cool, calm, and collected, man. He's just, you know, I, I've I've never not saying that he doesn't, but I've never seen him raise his voice. And really, if you're watching on the sideline, you can't distinguish who's the head coach and who's not. You know, and not a knock against her, but you could look on the sideline. You knew her was the head coach he just made the way he sure presented. Everyone knew. <laughs> so with this guy, it's that like, guy wore that guy wore shorts tighter than yours right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. He did. Like he. You know, he made sure that you knew who the head coach was. This guy, you can't even tell, you know, treats his coaches with the utmost respect, teaches his, uh, treats his players with the utmost respect. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's probably what they'll say. You know, they'll probably agree with me. I was talking to Zion Hill and Max Mitchell, I guess, week before last, and they just said, look, you, you have no doubt that he cares about you as a person. And when you do that, constructive criticism that's what it is it's mm-hmm. you know it's coming from this good place it's not you know I, I i mean i'm older than you but you've you've been out of football for a little while now james no offense but just 10 years difference or 20 years difference in the in the type of players that come through in the way the world that they've grown up in it's you've got to evolve as a coach you've got to it, it seems like now you know, not to say that there's not still some like kind of rah rah coaches, but if you're going to have the mentality of okay, my way or the highway, you have to. The player has to know that it's coming from the right place. Mm-hmm. If it's just sort of this militant, do this or else, for a lot of the, these these athletes nowadays, both you know, professional and certainly at the college level, it's just not going to work. It doesn't right. seem like you know, you're not going to. It may work a little bit, but they're they're not going to want to fight for you. And if they want to fight for you, it means they want to fight for one another. And now you've got a team, and it seems like that's what they've got right now. So you think Nick Saban is still like the rah-rah type coach, or what you think? I think I think Saban relates to his players better than people think. But I think, look, when you've got when you've got those kind of skins on the wall, you know. But I, I think Saban, I think Saban is probably militant on his staff quite a bit. Okay, right. Um, but I'm sure the way Nick Saban coached at LSU 20 years ago is different than the way he coaches players now right. uh, at Alabama. But he's coaching guys that they – I get that every college player wants to get to the league or most college players, um, you know, that you were no exception. But when you go to Alabama, it's kind of like oh, yeah. you're almost expecting it. And right. so you're like, all right. If you're smart enough, you're like, I'm going to listen to whatever he says because right. look at how many players you know that are in the NFL right now. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Saban probably is, you know, for as much grief as he gets for being sort of a curmudgeon and never celebrating or anything. I mean, Coach Napier learned quite a bit from Nick. You right. know? I mean, I, I uh, Birdie told me um, that Nick is one reason, um, one, not not – the reason, but one reason maybe that Napier ended up at UL because when they were going through the process, again, a little birdie told me that Nick 
put in a call and said, this is somebody you should, you know, you should interview. He's not already on the list. Wow. I never verified that with Dr. Maggard. I can maybe ask him one day, not that he would tell me one way or another, but, um, you know, who knows if he would have been interviewed one way or the other, but when you've got that kind of, that kind of uh, approval and look, we've seen Nick run coaches off before coaches. They're like, I don't want to coach for him. So when he's given his, you know, I mean, Nick's got a lot of respect for Coach Napier, and, and I'm sure Billy learned quite a bit when he was on Nick's staff for a while. I mean, he brought him in as a, um, not an assistant right out the gate, but what do you what do you call like the extra guys you have on staff, a specialist or whatever? It was something like Billy leaves Clemson, it doesn't work out as the OC. He's going to go do high school. No, Nick says, come over here, learn a little bit. Now he's a wide receivers coach. Now he's doing stuff at Colorado State. Now he's at Alabama. Now he's at Arizona State and worked his way up. And now here he is in his early 40s, got a top 25 program in the Sun Belts and is one of the hotter names in college football who, by all reports, turned down offers from SEC schools because – you know, maybe they wanted him to have certain people on the staff, and perhaps he didn't want that. But, but whatever the reason, he he liked UL enough currently to want to stay and paid nice and everything like that. But he's, I don't know how much longer you got him um, at UL. But while you do, you need to take advantage and do all you can with it. See, but <clears throat> you brought up the Sun Belt, man. The Sun Belt is really on the rise, though. Oh, it's. I would say. It, you could make an argument the Americans, the best G5. There's an argument to be made that the Sun Belt is. You go back years ago, it was like, is it the Mac or the Sun Belt in terms of who's at the bottom? Oh, yeah. And that's not the case anymore. I mean, Conference USA did all this conference realignment stuff years ago to get in big markets. Carl Benson, former commissioner of the Sun Belt, bring in these, these FCS schools who, by the way, um, have really good football programs. You look at the Sun Belt from a football standpoint, and they've you're, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's in a much better place than it was, say, 10, 20 years ago. Oh, for sure. So it, it, is it three teams in the top 25? We know Coastal Carolina. What about Appalachian State? Well, they haven't they haven't released the polls yet. I think um, I'm I'm guessing that UL and and Coastal might be preseason top 25. Not sure about App, but the fact of the matter is, you could say, hey. If I told you these three teams will be ranked at some point this year, no, you wouldn't get any blowback. I mean, right. people are like, yeah, that that would make sense. Right. I mean, yeah, that's that's think about how far the conference has come. It used to be, can any school kind of get in the top twenty-five and stay mm-hmm. there, not just get votes? Where oh, you saw Louisiana had three people vote for them, and it's I mean, now it's just like oh, top twenty-five, not a surprise, you know. So what conference USA team is the top twenty-five? Oh shoot, I mean, I don't do, do they have one? But see, that's the point. Yeah. So it's like American has some good ones. I mean, Cincinnati might be top ten, but like Cusa, like I mean, I don't I, I don't I don't think so. Who was that guy? I seen it on Twitter. Twitter there was a guy talking like, Man, if I was ULF yet, I would try to get into conference USA because the Sun Belt is not a it was some guy and Cajun fans kept retweeting him and saying, like, what about now? Like, how do you feel now? and he had like a Louisiana Tech shirt on, I believe. Oh, well yeah, that would make sense. La Tech. Oh, it was the former AD of Louisiana Tech, who's no longer okay. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He called them Lafayette and said, yeah, sure, they'd want to be with us and blah, blah, right. blah. Or, sure, they want to be here and move up. And it's like, yeah, not so sure. I mean, they, look, they've, they, they've got some schools that aren't bad at, at you know, that, that have some decent history in football. And La Tech's not, you know, he, they're one of them. Mark and their past has been in the top 25 and – 
Southern Miss and UAB. But like as a whole, you don't look at that conference and say, man, there there's a number of schools here that are are going to upset somebody or they have three schools that could finish in the top 20 or anything like that. Um, and we've never really said that about the Sun Belt until now. And who knows what it'll look like 10 years from now. But the reality is, you know, two of those three schools we're talking about right now in Coastal and in Appalachian State, they weren't even FCS, uh, FBS schools, you know, 10 years ago. And now here they are, and they've they've elevated the conference a lot. So I think you have conference realignment going on right now with this Texas-Oklahoma mm-hmm. thing, and, and there'll be plenty of ripple effects from it. But like 10 and 11 years ago, so much of it was about market, TV, all that other stuff. And while everybody was kind of going in that direction, Carl Benson's like, let's let's try something else here. And he got criticized for it, but – you're seeing it pay dividends right now for the right. Belt. You know, James Butler, our guest, former Asian Cajun Green Bay Packer wide receiver. The uh, 2021 season is a month away. What you ever had a? I know, I know you don't root for for LSU, but nope. the quarterback not being able to compete for the starting job because he broke his arm in a weird fishing accident. I remember. Uh, your friend Boris and Yama talking about this injury he got off the field and then not wanting to tell the Falcons who he was on their, their, their preseason roster at the time that he hurt himself working at a Reds, by the way, um, and was playing hurt, but didn't want to say anything. He's just right. trying to make the team. And he almost did. Um, did you ever have an injury off the field during your playing career where you're like, oh, please don't be serious. Like I don't, I mean, shoot. God bless him, Robert Hunt, who's now in the NFL doing his thing with the Dolphins. Second-round pick right out of UL. I remember his last year missing all that time because he he kicked a soccer ball and messed yeah. up his hip. That's not something you want to do as a, as a player. It ended up not impacting his, his draft stock uh, that much. But anything happened, whether it was like in the moment you thought it'd be serious or it actually kind of was or not really. See, no, I don't think so because I pretty much stayed away from doing all the crazy stuff. <laughs> I mean, so, kicking a soccer ball isn't crazy, though. You know, yeah, like going but, fishing isn't crazy. Those are just mm, weird. You didn't even do that? I did go fishing, but I didn't. I don't know how you get hurt. I don't, <laughs> I don't either. I don't know the details like of what. I don't know. I don't know the details of what happened to Miles Brennan, but that's a that's a bad beat, man. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't really. I don't want to say I don't care because you know I know this listeners. But who's the backup quarterback name? I think he's number fourteen. Well, it was gonna. You talking about at LSU? Yeah. Uh, it was gonna be a competition between he and Max Johnson, who's Brad Johnson's son. Remember Brad Johnson, yeah. who won the Super Bowl with the Bucks back in the day. Um, yeah, Max, Max Johnson. Johnson he's, anyway. he's he's well now he's just the guy because he was a freshman last year and now he there is no competition. He's he's the guy. T.J. Finley transferred and Miles um, Brennan broke his non throwing arm and a. Weird fishing accident, reportedly, and so yeah. now he's got the gig. I'll be honest; I hate to admit this, but I did watch um, Max Johnson play last year. But I only watched them so I can laugh if they lose. Oh, stop. And he, this guy, he 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 went in and they won that game in Gainesville, yeah. which no one expected. Right. And and he actually played well. Yeah. So I got to give him his props. I think he's yeah. going to be okay. We'll see what happens uh, with the Tigers. They open up against UCLA. UL opening. Is talking some college football with uh, with James Butler, but that team in New Orleans that has his heart, that has his fandom, that has him just I I'll say this when we come back, 
I'm going to tell James something about the Saints who I openly have rooted for my entire life. But he's not going to like what I have to say. Oh, man. He's not going to like it. Don't do it to me, man. He's not going to like it at all. I'm already stressed out. I mean, well, you should be. This whole season (laughs) is you're going to be stressed out. I hate to tell you. Don't go anywhere. I'm Scott Prather. That is James Butler. We'll be right back right after this. It's the Great Scott Show, ESPN 1420.com. James likes it. You know who that is? Easy. Uh, Beastie Boys. Oh, that sounded like Easy E, though. It's MCA, rest in peace. Another another former great that is uh, no longer with us. I should have known you would play the Beastie Boys. That should have been my first. That's game. all I play, buddy. That's all. I like Easy for a second because I caught the tail end of it. I just know you like the beat. Oh, yeah, the beat was crazy. Was legends, man. Legends. Wish they still made music, but. Once one of them's gone, they're like, we're not, we're not doing any of these cash grabs. Right. Yeah. We don't have all of us, then we got none of us. Um, ESPN1420.com. All right, James Butler, Scott Prather, coming at you on a Wednesday morning. I hate to say this, guys, but the New Orleans Saints will not have a winning record in 2021. Take it back. It's not going to happen. Take it back. I'm not taking it back. I can't. I got to be objective. Realist here. I can I can get emotional at times and get mad. And, of course, it goes without saying. I'll say it anyway. I hope I'm wrong. It has been a dreadful offseason. It has been a dreadful offseason, James. I mean, Lattimore is a great corner. Probably going to be suspended for who knows how long. Um, why, the, why that hasn't come out yet? Like, I don't know. I, I, probably, who knows? I mean... I can't get excited about Prince Amukamura, who used to be good, who wasn't on a team as of a week ago. Is Patrick Robinson? I mean, who's going to be your starting corners week one when James Butler's former teammate Aaron Rodgers comes to town? Paulson the Debo. Oh, please. He'll probably just give him a shot, right? That can mean a number of things there. Um, no, I mean, like secondary. Lattimore's, I think Lattimore is is a very good corner. I should say great. At times it's great, but of course we've seen him snooze at times. Um, Marcus Williams is a good safety. Malcolm Jenkins is not as good as he used to be. And your number two corner, whoever it is, is not good. And you're probably going to have to play your number two corners, your number one corner to open up the season. You've got one really good linebacker. The rest of your linebackers are, I mean... We have no idea, but I wouldn't bank on them being any good. You have a major hole on the defensive line because Sheldon Rankins is gone. Onyemata is suspended for the first six games. Trey Hendrickson's gone as well. Um, Cam Jordan's good. He's not getting any younger. Marcus Davenport is, you know, I mean, an injury waiting to happen. Just shows a flash, but isn't good most of the time and then is great for like a hot second. And he's like a band that lives off of like one single and, and sells the whole album, you know, and goes platinum, which doesn't happen anymore because people just download music. So that's an outdated reference. And then on offense, you've got a great, you've got a great offensive line. 
I'll say that. The Saints have one of the best offensive lines in football, and you have a great elite running back in, in, in Alvin Kamara. You have a good running back in Latavius Murray. You do, Michael Thomas has just decided he didn't want to get a second opinion, and now he's on the shelf to start the season. You're starting – I mean, you, you – you, as well, go try out for the team, James. You could make the team at this it. point at wide receiver. I, I mean, you're I probably gonna have it. to start Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway to start the season and spare me. Oh, it's not that bad. Those guys are okay if they're your number four receiver. You, you, Drew Brees is retired. Who knows if it's going to be Taysom or Jameis Winston? I mean, do I need to keep going here? Morstead's gone. It's come on. You can't look at all of those things. Oh, Deontay Harris when he goes and gets a DUI, he might miss some time this season. Like I, I can't. I can't realistically look at this team that I've spent my whole life hoping wins and feel like this season they're they're winning a lot of games. I mean, I don't think they're going to be drafting first next year. Let me say that. I don't think the Saints are going 3 and 14, but I am not I would not bet this on, on the Saints having a winning season, which is funny because I actually placed an actual bet on them winning the Super Bowl. But that was I don't wow. think it's gonna happen. That was just <laughs> that's just completely so that if it did, I can be like, oh wow, and I get a thousand bucks. I may I, I might as well burn the money, you know, the the, the ticket, because it's not gonna happen. Although I'm gonna save it just in case. But that's that's me telling you like I'm still a fan and yet in this job, realistically looking at this team, I, I can't sit here and, and be excited right now, James. Okay. <clears throat> This next question I'm going to ask you, I just need a yes or no. I don't need no explanation because I know how you're going to try to get yourself out of this. <laughs> In 2006, did you think that that Saints team was going to go to the NFC Championship? No, absolutely not. Why? They had a giant roster turnover, and they had a quarterback with a hurt shoulder. And to that point, the Saints, with the exception of like a couple of seasons, have been perpetually bad. So what's the difference? Quarterback. The difference um, is the schedule's more difficult. The difference is you didn't have a team in the division in 06 that you felt like was a, a, a Super Bowl contender. Um, the difference is no one saw him coming. Um, the difference is, and this is undeniable, especially early in the season, riding that wave of we got to play for this this city. Um and and with everything that happened with Katrina, and I know how much that impacted you firsthand. Um, and you know, look, they 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 traded for two linebackers during training camp, and they looked in the preseason like the worst team ever. Uh, a seventh round pick is he really gonna like? There was excitement about Reggie Bush, but no, of course, not. of course, I didn't think they were gonna go to the NFC Championship. Exactly. I didn't think, I didn't think, but like that that was that was fifteen years but ago. But the point is the same. Holes you were talking about with the Saints are the same things that happened that year. Joe Horn was old. Derry Henderson, you know, sometimes he, he catches the pass, yeah. sometimes he don't. Mm-hmm. Lance Moore was the possession receiver. You know, he wasn't really on the. T- I mean, he, he wasn't was, really playing. That he much. was on the team for like four games that year and was on the practice squad the rest of the way. Um, you know, so it's like, and then we gonna address this Michael Thomas situation because. Wait, wait, no, no. Before we do that, you're 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 trying to say, well, because they've surprised before, they're going to surprise this year. Is yeah. that your point? I'm not. I'm I mean, not getting on air and saying. That's I'm the not getting on air and saying that we're going to yeah. suck. I'm not going to do that. I didn't say they're going to suck. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I said you they said weren't going to have a winning record. That sucks. No, it's, no, it doesn't. 
doesn't. It, it mean, you can be average or slightly. No, sucks means you're you're winning five games or okay. four games. So if we if if we win five games or win four games, you think James is going to be back the, the next year? Oh no! If they win if they win four games, they'll have a new quarterback next year. I think. Look, I think the Saints will. You know, seven and ten, eight and nine. So at, like at that. seven and ten, do you think James comes back? How does he look in those? I mean, it, it, is it him or is it because the defense is giving up tons of points? I mean, it, it's, right. it, you're giving me a hypothetical that I can't. I don't think it's strictly based on wins loss. It's based on player performance. I mean, we saw Drew Brees go seven and nine a number of times when the Saints historically had the worst defense in the history of the NFL. Right. No one's like, oh well. Yeah, Drew Brees is the problem. Okay, so James has thirty touchdowns and sixteen interceptions. Oh, he'll be if that's the case, he'd be back. Absolutely. Okay. All right. And like like thirty eight hundred, four thousand, forty one hundred passing yards, something like that. That stat line, he would absolutely be back. Yeah, they'd sign him. Okay. He if he cut his lot of picks, but if you cut it in half, now you're convincing yourself, man. Now he's been here two years. His first year starting, if he starts, by the way. And he just cut those interceptions in half and still had the – if he puts up numbers like that, he might, might be in the Pro Bowl. And I don't think – okay, let's, let's start with Michael Thomas first because – Wait, wait. If he has numbers like that with the receiving core the Saints have, then they might right. give that guy, you know, a lifetime contract. Good Lord. What is Michael Thomas unhappy about? I do not understand. Thank you. Thank you. No, I mean, I, I, I saw you tweet it. I've referenced it on the air. He's getting the touches, right? I don't understand. You got your money. You're the number one receiver. You get the most touches out of everybody. What are you unhappy about? ESPN1420.com. Scott Prather, James Butler is my guest. We'll have open phone lines a little later in the show. Phone lines not open right now as uh, we're pre-recording some of this interview with James. I, I don't know. I think there is something... There is something wrong with Michael Thomas. I, I, how do I you agree. just say? How do you say? Okay, going to put off surgery based on this second opinion, and then if the second opinion comes back that I can let it heal on its own, this injury, or if I don't need surgery, we'll be able to make a decision. Then just doesn't ever get the second opinion, right? And how do the Saints not like? Are I'm guessing the Saints probably checked in on him, like, hey, what's the deal? What's going right. on? But it's the off season. You can't like right. run and chase someone down and force them to to the surgery table. Yeah. But I seriously doubt the Saints were like, "Cool, yeah, go ahead and just get a second opinion, and then just uh, don't let us know, and we'll just see you in a few months." Like they had to be, but he just doesn't get a second opinion. He need to go talk to Jimmy Graham. He, him and Jimmy Graham need to have a conversation because I'm pretty sure Jimmy Graham would tell him, "I made a mistake. Stay where you at." But I don't. I don't understand. Like Graham contractual issue that that it, it grew sour and then it became a problem reportedly in the locker room. But Scott, what else like, could it be? But Thomas, like it's not a contractual thing, to your point. Like what that's why I'm saying. Like there's something it's certainly not contractual. He's the highest paid player on the team. I know. So it's like I don't understand. Like And I'm, he's I'm, he's talking about get the most targets. He has the all time NFL record. Listen, you could give me half the matter of fact, you could give me twenty five percent of whatever Michael Thomas is making, and I will go out there and do the best I can. Matter of fact, you you could throw me as many passes as you, you threw. You could give me Jameson. What's what is that number eighty three? What's his last name? Eighty three. Number eighty three. Oh, Juwan Johnson. You could give me as many passes Jameson. as you throw him. As 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 
as thick as you are right now, as muscular as you are, you can still run faster than that guy. You think he's slow like that? Oh, my. They're moving him to tight end because he's so slow. Okay. Well, listen. That guy's so, out there rumbling around like a, I don't know, man. And I don't think you give Marquez Callaway enough credit. I like Marquez Callaway. I do. As a number two guy next to Traquan Smith, like it's. Number and, and, one and, guy. Okay. As the number one guy. Scott, Andrew Brees I'm throwing the you, ball. I'm telling you, as a former receiver, this guy is legit. I like him. Trey like Smith, I can't say the same for. I'm I sorry. Like I'm not trying to be, but I'm of telling you. Of course you can. You can't sit here and sell anyone on Trey Smith. But Callaway, I'm telling you, you're sleeping on him. No, I'm not sleeping on him. I'm just not anticipating him being like an, an all-pro receiver that you're not going to have for the beginning of the season. All right, well, listen. Oh, my. Michael Thomas is, you know, he's an all-pro. Well, well, listen, I'm I'm going to draft him in my fantasy football Good league. Good luck with that. I, I'm going to draft him. Oh, Callaway, you mean? Yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. For sure, I'm going to yeah. draft him. That's not a bad pick. He'll get, some tu- he'll get a decent amount of touches because who else are they going to throw the ball to? But I was going to draft him anyway because I, expect, <laughs> I expected him to be the number two receiver James, anyway. James Butler, former Packers wide receiver, former Rage Cajun, in, in, uh, in studio with me for this. I'm Scott Prather. It's a great Scott show. You are are you the kind of guy that just when you when you go to the fantasy draft you just drafting like your favorite players no. on your favorite team? No, you can't be that guy. No, so I you know I have a general manager. You know, wait, what? I have a GM. <laughs> wait, so you're not even drafting your own players? No, I am drafting. So it, is it an like, auction league? No, it's like no, no, no. Well, who, what is it? You what? What the NFL GM does? They they uh, get contracts. They do. Okay. They take. They sign people. It's the same thing. So we sit down, I sit down with my GM, and we go over, okay. So what are you? What is your title? I'm the head coach. <laughs> Who's the okay. GM? So so the GM, you know, we go through and we, you know, discuss, okay, we have, because this year I have the 11th pick mm-hmm. out of 12. Mm-hmm. So I think I have a good spot. So we, we discuss, okay, who's going to be available? Do we, who do we pick in the second round? Do we take a chance by taking, you know, I don't want to say because certain people might be listening. Or do we go, you know, do we go, <laughs> which way do we go? So we sit, so right now me and my GM, we have, we have it set up of who we're going to take, what positions we're going to take in each round, you know, and we were, we were. Is the GM a former teammate of yours? No. Okay. The GM, you know, is definitely not sports savvy. You know, it's a she, and she doesn't know anything about oh. sports. I just gave her the title of GM just to I feel, you. you know, important. Right. You know, so. Yes. You're, 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 you guys share something close with one another. You're right. Correct. So, so Mommy and daddy. So, so. Coach and GM. <laughs> so that's my GM. So we sit, you know, we talk about these things. So that's, that's, you know, that's what, that's how we have it. I got up. you. So you've got a GM. She lives with you and. You guys have a kid together, and you make her feel special, as you said it, by making her a GM. And I feel like this is all a ploy so that when James can just blame her. Like, oh, this do. is all your <laughs> – I do blame. I do. I do. I always be like, how, how about you do your job? How about you do your job? Like, that, that's all I want you to do. Just do your job. Okay? ESPN 1420.com. All right. So you're mad at me because I don't, I, I don't realistically, objectively think the Saints will have a winning record this season. What do you 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 think they're going to the playoffs? Yep. 
What, what, what's your prediction of the new 17? By the way, 17-game schedule, and the Saints, for that extra game, get to go to Tennessee later in the season. Yeah, great. 10-7, wild card. Beat Tampa Bay in a wild card game. That's the fan in you talking right there. No. no yeah. No. <laughs> I no. so hope that you get to rub all of this in my face. I really do. I really do. See, I'm not the kind of part like – I don't I don't come on here and like hope that I'm right when it comes to like the teams that I root for. Right. Like I'm not I mean look, I twenty seventeen, that was you talked about 06. 2017 was a surprise. No one saw that draft becoming an all time great draft by any team in NFL mm-hmm. history and that the Saints were gonna win the division. They started out 0 and two and mm-hmm. I'm like three straight seven and nine seasons, they're 0 and two, like Sean Payton, the guy here, like, what's going on? And then suddenly they win four division titles in a row. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was sitting here saying, I think the golden years might be over. And I mean, I couldn't I couldn't have been more thrilled to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know, in 2018, I thought they would probably go to the Super Bowl, and they probably would have, if not for that one awful thing we're not going to talk about. Um Against the Rams, but James Butler, our guest, ESPN 1420. I, I just, based on all the reasons I gave early on, I just can't feel that way. So so Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, who's starting week one in your mind? Realistically, or you want the fan side of me? or you want, Listen like, to this. He's been giving the fan constantly, and now he's like, give, give, give it all to me. Give it all to me. Tell me what you're thinking. So... Uh, Sean Payton is definitely stubborn. He's definitely the kind of coach to say, I'm going to purposely put Taysom Hill out here to show y'all that he's the guy. I've been saying he's the guy. So let me put him out there so I can prove my point. And and he would do that thinking that Taysom was going to go and win him, win him games too. <sighs> the realistic side of me, says James is the best option. And James is going to give us the best chance to spread the ball around, win some games. I, I just feel with Taysom, you lose the ability from Alvin Kamara, you know, because defenses are going to key on him. You know, Taysom don't really spread the ball around that much. So I, I just think James gives you the option of spreading it around and not knowing, you know, whenever Michael Thomas decides to come back, you know, who do you have to key on? Taysom so. is best used in his Swiss Army knife role. Great role for him to have. And some would say in that role might be the best receiver on the team next year, which I, I wouldn't agree with. I Why would you even say that? Tro- that's what people say. They like to troll. Um, he would be one of the better offensive weapons behind Kamara. If he is in that role, um, there's no doubt. There's a lot of value there. As the starting quarterback, no. As a backup quarterback, sure. As 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 a as a Swiss Army knife role next to Jameis Winston, that's that's where they need to go. That's what needs to happen. That's what they need to put out there week one. And if they, do, you know, I know, like you said, everyone's going to say Sean Payton is stubborn and what's going on here, and that might be part of it. But another part of me is like, I mean, what's what's Jameis doing behind closed doors that we're not seeing that he wouldn't in right. this 
I mean, he came back. It's a cheap deal. It's a year where if he plays well, he can make himself a ton of money. I I don't. I mean, come on. You can't you can't start Taysom Hill against Tampa Bay. I don't think. <clears throat> I don't think Taysom played bad as a quarterback. But let me say this before I even go further, because I know you're about to tear me up on this. <laughs> I I love when you preface things. <laughs> I didn't. The Denver game, I didn't watch. So you have to tell me why he only completed nine passes. Was it the weather? Was it, it was, the defense? It was, it was atrocious, and it was Sean Payton saying once – essentially it was once Denver was th- was playing a practice squad receiver, a quarterback, we knew that the only way we could lose this game is if we turn it over, so we just played conservative as hell. That's all we wanted okay. to do. So he barely it threw was it. A, it was a boring game. Yeah, and then others were like, well, if that was the case, you're insinuating that you thought he might turn the ball over so you weren't that that confident in him. Why not give him this or that? It's like, look, if you can, if, if you can essentially almost guarantee a win by just keeping it simple, mm-hmm. I get that. I get that philosophy. It might not be pretty. It might look whatever, but they just handed the ball off a lot. But Latavius Murray had his best game statistically. It was, um, you know, let the defense feast. But, you know, he didn't look good against Philly. He did look okay, better than I thought against Atlanta. But, it, you know, it was the Falcons. They were awful. I, I think, and look, in the Swiss Army knife roll, you let them throw it sometimes. Keep it honest. But utilize that. Make that part of the offense. It's good. But don't let them be the starter. Yeah, I, I thought, to be honest, I think, the Eagles game was his best game as a quarterback. Really? I do. Because once we went down, I totally, I said, this is over with. Because, well, I wouldn't say that. I was more interested to see if he can rally us like a Drew Brees would. I was trying to see. I said, let me see if he can. And he didn't. Well, he almost did, though. He almost did. And that that surprised me. Because that touchdown to Cook, I said, okay. I said, all right, maybe, you know, we got something here. If you're down... Don't you feel like Jameis Winston can get you back into a game? Has a better shot of doing that. Now, Jameis will pass you in the game and pass you out of a game. Let's be yeah, honest here. But, but I don't think the defense did that great of a job either. You know, I think. Are you defending starting Taysom Hill? Is that what you're doing right see, now? See, I knew you was going to do that. That's what no, you're doing. No, but I'm just saying, like, I understand the the Falcons games. You know, he, he played well. But I honestly think the Eagles game. Let me just say this. If Sean Payton starts Taysom Hill, I wouldn't be like, all hope is lost. I say, okay, I you know. know. I, I don't know what could happen for you to think all hope is lost. Because I, I like what he did in the Eagles game. But I just mean in general. Like, I, I there the fan in you is going to always believe. Look, there was a fan in me in, like, 99 that thought the Saints <laughs> could make a run when they were just the most terrific team in football. <laughs> Oh, but I would convince myself. Of course, I wasn't as as realistic as I am now as an adult. I was just, I was pure fan, and and part of me misses that a little bit. Yeah, well, I can't, I can't sit here and tell you the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl every year when I think they're not going to have a winning record this year. So, do you remember? Well, that's the year the no call. What that was, two thousand eighteen, twenty eighteen season. Yes. Unfortunately, I will always remember that day, yeah, being in there and just being. Just oh, you were there? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, let's get off of that. Move along. But you have a point about Taysom Hill being in this role because I remember specifically watching the game against the Eagles. And 
they literally had Taysom Hill playing the receiver almost the entire game. And the only reason why I noticed that, because because I played football, I'm always looking at, you know, what's the formation we in? So I could kind of know, mm-hmm. you know, what, what play is coming. So I'm always looking at the formation, what receiver's in. And let's be honest, part of you is like, I could do that. No, I, actually, I wasn't thinking that. I wasn't thinking. I was like, okay, let me see. All right. I already got trips on this side, single receiver on this side. And I kept seeing, and what caught my eye, I kept seeing Taysom line up at receiver, but he wasn't. it wasn't no gimmick, no nothing. He's literally out there running routes. So then I thought, I said, wow, there's a bunch of free agent receivers out here that we can get. We don't sign any of them. They cut Brandon Marshall. He couldn't right. even get on the field. And we have Taysom Hill out here literally <laughs> playing receiver. And playing well. Yeah, and 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 I was like, so I guess he has to be in that role so we can fall back, you know, on you know. He's the best athlete on the team. Okay. I know some people say Kamara, and I think Kamara, you I sure. I won't I won't try to talk you off of that. Definitely he's a, a freak and has unreal balance. But I, I think Taysom Hill's probably the best athlete on the team. How many teams best athlete is at quarterback? Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. That's about it, right? Mm. Josh Allen. Okay. Maybe, maybe. Stephon Diggs. Yeah, okay. it's a few. And both of those guys are like all pro-type quarterbacks. I mean, Taysom Hill is not. Let me see. There's a couple other too. I mean, I don't. Mahomes is incredible. But I don't no, know he's the best athlete on no, the team. I don't no. think that. Um, nah, I that's think it. So. Like that's yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's I I think I think Allen has an argument, and I think Lamar Jackson, and that's probably about it. What about Cam Newton? Not no, not at this point in his career. I mean, I don't know who it is, but it's not Cam. Cam's cool. just Cam. Cam of, of six years ago was the best. I mean. I think it still is Cam Newton. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I think he's going to have a bounce back gear. But, Do you? you? Know, that's what I'm trying to pick up in my fans. Oh, listen, draft. you're just by giving round, away all these. By round eight. You know, <laughs> by round eight, I'm going to pick up Cam. Hopefully, James is still there. But, you know, round eight, I'm looking to get him. But, no, I see what you're saying. That's why I'm saying, like, maybe it is best that he's in his role. James Butler is uh, in here with me this morning. I'm Scott Pray. The Great Scott Show continues into the 8 o'clock hour. James is uh, not not too happy with the Pelicans, <laughs> and unlike he unlike his like unabashed uh, just positivity and optimism with the Saints, I would say it's equally on the flip side when he talks about his favorite basketball team. For sure, um, that's James Butler, former Rage Cajun, Green Bay Packers wide receiver. I'm Scott Pray. There's the great Scott Show. James and I dive dive into the Pelicans, and I'll explain to you why there is. More to the story yet to be told. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to talk James off. I would say a ledge. I mean, he's not on a ledge. But <laughs> Almost. We're gonna have some fun. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott show continues right after this. All right, welcome into the um, 8 o'clock hour. Great Scott show. 
little past eight, starting hour a little bit later. But that's James Butler, former Rage Cajun wide receiver, former Green Bay Packer wide receiver. I'm Scott Prather. James hanging out with us for uh, one more segment this morning. And the New Orleans Pelicans. You see, here's a reality that, James, with, with respect, you and anyone that, that pulls for the Pelicans, if they don't already know this, they need to, they need the reality check. If the Pelicans ever want to get an, a borderline all-star or anything above, borderline all-star, all-star, superstar, they either have to trade for it or draft it. They're not signing one in free agency. I mean, they wanted Kyle Lowry, probably offered him a little bit more, but they couldn't offer him too much more because they offered him the most they could and there wasn't that much difference between Miami. Guess what? I'm gone. I mean, if you're going to sign a guy, and at this point Lowry's you know much older, uh, Chris Paul, a monster deal, and in, which will end when he's 40. Everyone used to say, well, if you're going to have all those guys, you got to overpay for them in New Orleans. No, you have to overpay for the guy that's just below borderline all-star, the guy that's a good player, um, which means trades, draft, that's where you got to hit. Um, that's reality. Now, maybe if they start winning consistently, that could change. So while I was a little disheartened, I was not surprised at all about how free agency kicked off Monday night for the Pelicans. You, on the other hand, you were about to throw your phone out of the window and just go on a really aggressive jog. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, though, man. Like, uh, Why? Let it out. Come on, I, let it out. This is a listen, therapy session with everyone listening. Okay, so... I thought the way that we lost Anthony Davis would have changed things. And I thought David Griffin would come in and change the culture and He's trying. You know, He's sign trying. some people. And I forgot all about in the NBA free agency yesterday. So I get on my phone and I get on Twitter. Monday night. And the first thing I see is Lonzo Ball trending. And I immediately knew. I said, yep, he's gone. Chicago Bulls. So then I'm thinking, okay, so we let Lonzo Ball go. Who do we have coming in? And I'm looking. I'm looking. Kyle Lowry gets a deal. I'm like, okay. You know, I thought we were going to get him. Looking. Chris Paul resigns. I'm like, okay, that, you know, that makes sense. I'm looking. No Pelicans. I'm like, okay. Seeing the heat and seeing... You know, all kind of stuff. I'm seeing people resigning, people, you know, I'm like, so what's going on? So then I see one report the Saints are looking to get Pelicans. Yeah, no, sorry. I'm sorry. The Pelicans are looking to get <laughs> Reggie Jackson. And I'm like, man, what? Oh. But that goes back to your point of, oh. Oh, God. I'm like, what no. in the world are we trying to do? So here, here is. I, I was not I was not crazy about the opening night Monday night, but here's why I think there's more to come. So the big the big the biggest name for them on the opening night was the sign and trade for Devontae Graham. And if I'm being honest, if you told me Devontae Graham four years forty seven mil or Alonzo Ball four years eighty five mil, I would take Graham. So in a vacuum, if it's just that, okay, cool. What I didn't like was that. They 
they got back Garrett Temple in a second and another player they're likely going to stretch for for Ball, which isn't Temple was a free agent anyway, so why not if you want the older veteran, you know, bringing him back to Louisiana, mm-hmm. why not just sign him? Um and then the other one is that they gave up a first rounder in the sign and trade for Devontae Graham, which you don't do in a sign and trade with for a restricted free agent unless it's like an all-star player that just, for whatever reason, things have just gotten bad with their current team. You just don't see it. Like, Graham's not that player. So I was I was upset about that, but it's it's I think it really comes down to there's more, there's still more to be told here. Like, you know, you've got all these sign-in trades and different various rules when it comes to the NBA that are a little, that are somewhat com- complex, right? So... They want to operate over the salary cap. Why? If they add, let's say, none of these, none of these deals are are completely official yet. They're all, you know, agreed. Uh, terms are agreed to. Sometimes you'll see a, a, a team, a two team trade, and then a week later you're like, oh, actually, it was a four team trade or five team trade. Why did that happen? It, it's all. It all has to do with trying to manipulate the cap and trying to stay below the luxury tax for most teams, but. Fill all as many needs as you can. So if they add another team into this sign and trade for Charlotte, which makes me think there has to be something more. Otherwise, there's just no reason to give up a first round pick for, you know, for the right to sign a guy that you could have just given an offer sheet to. By operating over the cap, if you add another team into the sign and trade, you could you could essentially absorb Devontae Graham uh, into a trade exception which then opens up the door to add another player that could make between 18, 19, 20, 21 million a year, whether that's a shooter like Buddy Heal, whether that's Malcolm Brogdon, whether that's um, a sign and trade involving Goran Dragic, though I don't think they're going to add another point guard at this point. Like that, plus you get a mid-level exception. Maybe that's Josh Hart coming back. Maybe it's not. And a biannual exception. So we're talking about... Still three areas that they three three big spots they can fill. One, a really big spot. Two, uh, possibly a starting role, and then a biannual exception for a veteran that might start, might come back, whatever. Um that's all wordy and, and probably annoying. I'm sorry, but it's just to make my, my my point is, James, I think there's more to this story right now. I hope and so. I and 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 there better be. Because if this is it for David Griffin and now you go and overpay for someone or or you know, I, get 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 out, go home, get away, get away. You came in here, you know, snake like like a snake oil sales, charming everybody. And I did this great thing in Cleveland. I'm gonna sway. I, I was on a, I, was, I was on a conference call once with some other media members. This is when they this is when they had signed JJ Redick, um, and they made him available to the media. And this was pre COVID. He didn't fly down to do it. He just did it like Zoom or something. So I was able to be on it and ask him a question. And, Griffin steps in and he's like, if I could add to that, Scott, and it's a great point, like, call me Scott. Like, you don't know me. Like, right. what are you doing? You know, but right. he, he's trying to show people fired up and he, and that worked for a while. But now it's like, do something, just do something. And I think he's working on another aspect of this because based on what they did Monday night and some of the chatter from yesterday, I, I think there's more to come here. And I, um, I really hope there is because if it's just we're going to just sign a couple more people, I, I don't think there's any – like the Pelicans weren't a playoff team last year, and they're not marginally better now than they were last year. And last year was, wasn't was even close to good enough. And, of course, 
they're on a clock because everyone feels like if you don't get it done, Zion's going to eventually go, and everyone's freaked out, and they've seen what's happened in the past with this team. And let's just be frank. I mean, this franchise does not have a great history. So what you think about the draft picks? Uh, they're fine. Yeah, I like I like what I like that they got Murphy at seventeen. I think he's a three and D, and that's what you need on this team. Um, how often does a guy you know mid to late first round come in and make a big difference year one anyway? Guy they got in the second round out of Bama. I mean, he, he probably won't make the team. Probably be in the G League or something. You don't I mean, think it's so? the NBA. I mean, it's just the NBA. You know. And if he does make the team, he'll be like at the very end of the bench. So who's the starting point guard day one? Oh, um, well, let's let's see what happens. Let's see what happens with the next step. If they add another point guard or if they try to roll with Kyra Lewis or Graham or Naw or something like that, do they go more of... No, I need to be the two. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. He needs to be the two? He and... wants to be. No, yeah, Nikhil wants to be the two. He's like, I don't want to... I mean, he was open about it. Yeah, he needs to be the two. How, so... what, do you, what do you make of Willie Green? You asked me that because of my tweets. I know you are because you've seen the way I reacted to. It's just what do you make of Willie Green? Um, I'll be honest. When I found out Rick Carlisle wasn't coaching in Dallas anymore, uh-huh. I was like, "Oh yeah, please, David Griffin, if you ever did anything, <laughs> please." I see. I don't disagree with you. Call this man. I I I think Carlisle's a really good coach. Now a lot of people don't feel the same way as you and I. But Why? I I don't I don't know. That's 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 they must don't know basketball. I think that maybe the fear was look, you just you had a guy that was kind of older and didn't connect with the players and you want to maybe they just wanted something drastically different and it's like don't compare Carlisle to Van Gundy, just don't. Yeah, that's that's way different. Look, they wanted Jacques Vaughn, he didn't want to go there. Jacques said it was cuz of family, it was more to do with salary and and negotiations and so Willie Green wasn't their first choice but it doesn't mean he may not be the right choice he's 39 I can't put a letter grade on this thing right now we don't even know what the roster is going to look like yet for him he's got a lot of respect to players you know he's worked under Monty used to play in New Orleans yeah his dad is the drummer for the meters which is kind of incredible just a little at it just just a cool thing when he comes to New Orleans like when Devontae Graham Learn, you know, the sign and trade with New Orleans Monday. He's like on Instagram trying, like, having fun. Like, I'm going to NOLA, baby. He's like, I got to work on my accent. Right. But I was like, you know how fans are. They love, anytime right. someone's going to embrace it, they're like, okay. I was a little upset about the sign and trade, but now you've done this yeah. three second video and I really like you already. It's yeah. like, fans are fickle, man. Yeah. Well, the, the whole Willie Green thing, I think, like I said, I can't put a letter grade on it yet. I think being relatable. To the young players, I give it an A from that aspect. But as far as like anything to do with basketball related, I haven't, you know, I can't, you know, he don't really have the resume for us to go off of. So, um, I, but honestly, I think he'll do a great job because I think, you know, in sports is about a coach being relatable too, you know. And just like you said earlier, in this day and age, you need a coach that's going to, one, that you know is going to care about you, and two is going to respect you, and you can relate to. And I think he's both of those things. So, I think it'll be great. And I think one thing is for sure: I don't know how the season is going to play out, but I think he's going to get the best out of the players. James Butler has been our guest this morning. I um, love bringing James on, former Rage Occasion wide receiver, 
former Green Bay Packer wide receiver. You mentioned something in the segment earlier that you referenced in a Saints game last year, and you said you weren't able to watch it. I'm guessing you might have had to work that. Day. Oh yeah, I had to work. You're as a as a state trooper. Like, what do you do when Saints are on and you can't worry? Is it just as simple as do you do you do you ever try to like record it and just avoid spoilers, or do you just accept like I can't do it today? I got I got got to work, and someone will tell me the score. Yeah. Usually on Sundays. Let me knock on wood. Usually on Sundays, it might be quiet. So sometimes I'll listen to it while I'm doing paperwork, trying to catch up on my paperwork from the week. Because if I'm working Sunday, then that means that I've worked Monday, Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday. So I'm probably trying to catch up from the paperwork from the week and then come back Wednesday with everything already completed and turned in. So I'm probably working on paperwork and like listening to it, most likely. Last time you were off me, you said if you pulled Anthony Davis over, you'd be writing him a ticket. Oh, of course. What if you pull Michael Thomas over? He's still on your team. That is a good question. But, you know, as you said, you know, you think he'd mouth off to you? Oh, a ticket, man. If that's how you feel. Now, I might, you know what? Never mind, because I might be the reason why he leaves. Because, right? you, <laughs> no, you know, you know, I don't, I don't want to be responsible. Why he for leaves? That. He's like, yeah, he's like, you know what? Y'all don't respect me out here. I'm leaving. But, nah, I, I probably wouldn't. You know, but I, I just don't understand. I probably would ask him, like, so. You just start talking. Like, gauge, you Say, know. Say, why, why do you, are you unhappy? Yeah, are you unhappy? You don't like being in New Orleans? No, I hate, okay. All right, stand by. He wouldn't say that. He 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 seems to like New Orleans culture a lot and Louisiana. I just don't, it's it's not, I don't think it's a matter of, like, I don't like, I don't I don't think it has to do with team. It's just, I don't know what his deal is. Scott. Why do you not go get a second opinion? That's not a Scott. team thing. For the life of me, I do not understand. I can see if he was still playing on his rookie contract. I understand. I can see if Brandon Cooks was still on the team and he was getting the majority of the targets and Michael Thomas is like, look, I'm open too. Y'all not throwing me the ball. But none of this is the case. He literally just broke the single season record, reception record. Not just. I mean, it's two years ago. Yeah, but I'm saying like, you know. I'm sure he dealt with an injury and then. Punch the teammate. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not counting that because you know, I'm not counting last year because he was hurt. I'm saying the one full season he had. And how do you not look at Jameis and see what Jameis did for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and say, "Oh, you know what? I'm just not gonna get the surgery. I'm gonna just I, that doesn't make sense to me. If I'm him, I'm like, hmm. Well, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin went over a thousand yards with Jameis. Hmm." I might need to get on the field, you know. I I I don't understand. You that's what you do. If you get pulled over, be like, I'll let you out of this ticket. You just got to tell me what you're upset about. Yeah, like please tell me. Is it something you know? Is it you can't find a good place to eat in New Orleans or something? Talk to me, man. I'll help you out. What is it? What is it that you need? Do you need to find a place? Do you need like you don't like where you're living? Is it? I don't know. What what is it? Devontae Freeman. Weird to see him playing for the Saints, granted, in training camp. Um, when I, when they first signed him, I was somebody, you know, he's my former coworker, Greg Leonard's like, oh, that's funny. You're going to have to root for him. I'm like, no, he's got to make the team first. But I, I got to get – see, Freeman is a guy that was on the Falcons, was good on the Falcons, and totally bought into the rivalry. I mean, calling him the Aints, mm-hmm. going at it with Sean Payton, talking trash. 
which I, you know, that's probably why you brought him in. Re- respect the rivalry, but he comes in, and in the first time he talks to the media, he's like, "Dream come true. I always wanted to play for the yeah, Saints." That, and I've he says, BS. "Who that?" I'm like, "Oh, dude, like, Falcon BS. fans are. He is burning them inside." That's right B- now. I call BS on that, dude. There's can no you way. imagine if a former Pro Bowl for the Saints and me. Yeah, but he didn't get there and say, it's a dream to be here and I've always wanted to play But I thought he said something like, he did say something. No, he said some stuff about Sean Payton because they didn't get along, but he never, he never, I mean, and Horn went over there and wasn't good at all and kind of hurt their salary cap. Maybe he was just a mole. Maybe he was just an inside. uh, That's the year Michael Vick got arrested. Um, Oh, yeah, I mean, 07, the, the Falcons were awful. But at that point, Joe Horn was kind of done, too. Yeah, well, look, I think the whole Devontae Freeman thing happened because they're probably going to try to take time to him a full-time receiver. Might need to, based on what they got out there. Go, I'm telling you, man, call your agent that only responded via email years ago. Yeah. When you decided to take it upon yourself, send out your own tape, and ended up getting invited to the – Cincinnati Bengals tryouts and ended up on the Green Bay Packers. But that's what you need to do, James. Just, sh- just show up. Just start knocking on the door. Scott, like, let I'm me not, in, man. Give I'm me, give me, give me some reps. That. I am not in shape for that, dude. I'm telling you, like maybe five reps and I'm done. Well, that camp shape is way different from just lifting weights. I'm not prepared for that. UL football players uh, coming in tomorrow. You think they're ready for what's in store for them? Yeah, for sure. Listen, I'm confident about the season. I say we're going undefeated. Loves his alma mater. The thing is, when you say it, it doesn't sound crazy. When you say that you think the Saints are, you know, competing for a Super Bowl this year, that that sounds a little crazy. Why is that? And yet I'm the one that, like, (laughs) bet some money at a sports book on it. But why is that that they're not going to the Super Bowl? Have you seen the roster? Have you you listened to anything I talked about in the last segment? Have you seen the 2006 roster? And then we got close. The sixth round. That was that was one fun season. And I don't man. understand how you say 2017 was an anomaly, but then I didn't say it was an anomaly. I said it was a surprise. Okay, all right. As it but, played out, it totally made sense. But we didn't know that the draft was like an all-time all right. draft. So Marshawn Lattimore was a rookie, right? <clears throat> Why Paulson the Debo can't be that? You sitting there talking about he's not going to be that good. You didn't know Marshawn Lattimore was going. Lattimore be that was good. the eleventh overall pick. Okay, we, we figured he'd be pretty good. But Paulson opted out. So how do you know his grade was a first round grade? Out of getting a shot too, he's he had a first round grade. So that's that's, that's one that's one position you're hoping. I'm more concerned with Cesar Ruiz and and oh no, the offensive line is the least of my concerns with the this. This dude is the reason why Drew Brees cracked eleven of his ribs. Yeah. It was that was not a good luck. That was not a good day. Okay, it was not a good day. He is the sole reason why he was like, already beat up before that hit. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Okay, maybe. But it's like this dude this is the Ruiz. Yeah, he's, whatever. And and he'll be in his second look. I'm not I am not worried about the Saints offensive line. I'm worried about receiver. I'm worried about quarterback. I'm worried about D tackle. I'm worried about linebacker next to DeMario Davis. I am worried about the secondary. I don't know if this new Blake Gilligan guy is gonna punt the way Morstead did. Will Mr. Automatic last year. Deontay Harris may not be available to start the season because he got a DWI. Lattimore is probably going to be suspended for some time. Onyemata suspended for the first six games. Drew Brees is gone, guys. We don't even know who's going to start, whether it's Taysom or Jameis. All of these things. I can't sit here and say, okay, yep, Super Bowl. Look, Miami Dolphins. It's not going to be a winning record. 
we'll give y'all Pete and a first round pick for uh, Xavier Howell right now. First round. So you wouldn't do it? I mean, who you? What else you have coming back? Who's gonna play where Pete is? Man, the the guy we drafted from Kentucky. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for my man James Butler, former Rage Cajun wide receiver. Oh shoot! No, I, I gotta ask you one more thing. You you your boy Aaron Rodgers came back, huh? Tweaked the contract a little bit, used his leverage to get a little say in what they want to do. Is Aaron Rodgers still on the Packers in 2022? No. So this is it. This is unless it. they like win it all or something. Yeah, this is it. He 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 made it a point to say a lot of great things about the fans and his teammates. Not the organization. This is it. Trust me, I was just on the phone with him not too long ago. He said, "Man, James, I'm done." <laughs> then he asked me if I still wanted to play. I said, "Aaron, I can't do that. Can't do that anymore." No. No, I can come in and, and help you guys on the bench press, but Yeah, I can't do that, Aaron. But give me give me at least like a month and maybe I'll be ready. I'm telling you, man. You're in the Saints roster right now at receiver. That's James Butler, former Rage Occasion Green Bay Packers wide receiver. I'm Scott Prather. Up next. Cajuns versus Texas week one. What are some other Marquee college games in week one, and who will be the biggest surprise in college football this year? I'll tell you next, and we'll open up phone lines. It's the great Scott Show, ESPN1420.com. James, let's do it again real soon. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott Show continues right after this.